Hello, everyone, and welcome to C-View Quantum Network. I'm your presenter, Daniel, and I'm here with producer Claudia Pareco. Our opening song features Sunset Serenade by Cyclone. Albums and singles are available in all music stores and platforms. A Moment of Your Time is one of the most extraordinary gifts we could ever be given. Each week, we create a place for you to rest your heart by providing the platform for peaceable connection to the most gifted lightworkers, intuitives, alternative healers who will surprise you with something different, something outside of what's expected, innovative and unique. Our shows are held on Fridays at 12 p.m. Eastern U.S. time and 9 a.m. Pacific time. At any moment to participate on our shows, please call 805-830-8344 and press 1 to talk with the host. Take My Call. At any moment before or during the show, you can opt for Take My Call and jump the long line of callers. We are now following the pay-what-you-can business model. You pay what you feel our services are worth to you. You can send a payment using paypal.me slash p-u-r-e-c-o and add the amount that you want. To request a show, please write to Claudia Pareco at cview1111 at gmail.com or visit our website cview1111.net Now, close your eyes and get in touch with the present, the only reality. Feel your body, feel your breath, and let it drift back to the present moment. Uh, we'll see today that there is both a light and a dark side 
to soulmates. We'll look at both. So today I'm going to share from my own experiences with soulmates. Uh, Claudia is going to share, if she's so inclined, about her experiences with soulmates, and we'll have some callers. But I'd like to ask our listeners to do me a great favor by taking five or ten minutes of your time today to call in and share your experience with a soulmate. Uh, I hope you'll consider helping us. There are so many different kinds of soulmate relationships. Uh, I know for a fact that my dog Romeo and I are soulmates. And how do I know that? Because I love him more than I love a human soul. And that's the truth. And because he has taught me an important lesson and continues to teach me. And my dog has taught me to approach him with tenderness with gentleness, with patience. And you see, he's a rescue dog who was very abused and abandoned as a puppy. And as a result, Romeo, he's a nervous wreck. So uh, he had puppy PTSD. And, you know, he levitates off the floor if he hears a noise, a loud sound. You know, he trembles when he sees a man because his abuser was a man. So he has what's known as hyperarousal which means he's skittish about every little thing. So even after 11 years, he still suffers from PTSD and anxiety and always will. Because he's like this, it forced me to speak quietly and calmly to him and not to make any sudden moves. So my life has taught me to be gentle because that's not a quality that really came natural to me. I'm more of a powerhouse kind of gal. But it's a quality that I needed to learn, you know, and the, and the universe knew that. And so they sent me this little guy. So Metatron says that our pets are always soulmates, always. And that would mean that animals have souls, doesn't it? So let's hear what Metatron says about animals first off. Here's what he says. <clears throat> says, quote, can animals be soulmates? Animals have souls, and depending upon their intelligence, they can have distinct personalities. House pets, such as dogs and cats, have personalities, characteristics that define them. Then he goes on to describe how this works with our pets. And he says, quote, it's something like going to a pet shop and picking out a pet. On the other side, you wanted to implant, so you wrote that pet into your life's agenda or your blueprint and one day you're walking by a pet store and you find yourself spontaneously wandering in and there you find an irresistible face one that at first it's love at first sight and it's because you had planned to adopt that dog all along even that particular dog on that particular day so this is what he says about animal soulmates he's saying that it's not by chance that we pick the pet that we pick. And it was prearranged on the other side. So I want to start with you, Claudia. I mentioned Romeo has been my teacher. And I wonder if you have any pets. And if so, do you think that they have personalities, first off? And secondly, in what ways have they taught you something? Or uh, in what way have you taught them something, your pet? Yeah, well, definitely I have pets. I'm a dog person, and I have had um, two pets that I um, really, I, when, when, when Metatron said in, mentioned in his chapter that they are your soulmate, I, I was like, yay, because, you know, you feel that connection, that uh, closeness, that way of, of, there's a conversation that you can have with them. That is very mm-hmm. special, and and I do have a dog right now, and she to me is the uh, one of my most strong soulmates that I have had in a pet in the way mm-hmm. um, that I knew she she was coming. I dreamt of of her, and the moment she came into my life, it's like my whole heart was healed because of her. So she taught, she taught me mm-hmm. how to heal my heart. And and, and I, mm-hmm. I don't know how to love her any more than I do, but I do. It's, <laughs> it's, it's 
amazing. It's, it's like you know when 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 you have children, and you learn that a special way of loving that you never knew before, and then you have the one that you love him so much, and then you're expecting your second. And one of my fears back then is like, how am I ever going to be able to love the second one? When I have no room in my heart for, like, my spiritual was full of it. And then the second one born, and it's like, oh, my heart grew bigger. It's not that I, I made room for two, it grows. And, of course, now I have three, so it's this huge part of them. So every soulmate has taught me that you, your heart is big enough to have as many as you need in there. And you're right, they come yeah. and go. Some of them are just a little time in your life, and some of them have been there for as long as I have been here. So. Yes, that's a beautiful story. Um, and, you know, personality, let's talk about that for a second. Uh, personality, the way I would define that is characteristics and preferences that are unique to the, the animal or person. So uh, definitely our, our, at least our house pets have characteristics that are all their own and, and preferences that are all their own, right? One dog will eat anything where my dog is completely finicky. So, and, and it does have to do with breed, but I think outside of the breed, it also has to do with they have little personalities. So we've talked about how animals have souls and personalities and how, uh, they're soulmates. So now let's look at what what qualities make another person a soulmate. Because, you know, we throw the soulmate um, word around a lot. You hear it a lot. And Metatron tells us right away what qualities a soulmate will have. And I can't say it any more clearly than he has. So I'm just going to read directly um, from the book his definition of a soulmate. Here's what he says. Quote, have you ever felt a strong attraction someone even when it was against your better judgment in other words you can just you can't stay away from them maybe you should have but you didn't have you ever felt comfortable with someone instantly as if you've known them forever the characteristics of a soulmate are simple you can recognize them because either they will be your teacher or they will be your student either they will be your teacher or they will be your student and I would add to that that sometimes it's both. With my dog Romeo, he taught me to be patient and gentle, and I'm teaching him not to be so afraid of big, noisy people because that's what I am. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes they love you. uh, You know, I, I love him, and I've never heard him. Um, but because I'm big and noisy, he's not, you know, he's not friendly to that. But, he, but yet we've been put together. And so maybe I'm teaching him, you know, don't judge a book by its cover, something like that. So sometimes the lessons go both ways. And other than the passion you feel for them, there will be an element of learning a lesson of some sort because of them. By them, by you, or by both of you. So that's two hallmarks of a soulmate. What else tells us that a person or animal is a soulmate? Metatron says that it hurts to be separated from them. You know, when parting is painful, when they exit our lives through death or a move or a breakup, it hurts like the dickens. And it's hard to let go. Why? Metatron explains it about uh, in terms of a lesson being completed, that your karmic tie is over, right? Here's how, how, here's how he describes it. Quote, lessons can be painful or lessons can heal you, but soulmates reveal your true nature. They are mirrors <clears throat> who force you to see who you really are. Soulmate relationships are often difficult, turbulent, and intense. When they walk away or die, you are left holding the lesson they delivered. Many times, they are transient relationships. So he's saying they don't always last forever. We'd like them to, but they don't. And he goes on to say, 
when they move on through a breakup, divorce, or death, that you need to let go. Strong words about this. He says, quote, don't try and force a soulmate to stay, for perhaps they have given all their soul agreed to give. Walk through life with an open hand. Now, that is really amazing advice, and it's also very difficult, and we all know that. Now, this is where I have such difficulty with soulmates. So I'm going to tell you a personal story about this, and then perhaps, Claudia, we can um, talk about the soulmate relationship with some of our callers. Um, mm-hmm. But I want to tell you a little bit about one of my special soulmates. Um, we learned that soulmates can be lovers. They can be family members. They can be children. They can be parents, teachers, friends, and even animals. So I have a daughter who at the age of 15 took her own life because she was severely depressed. And because of the depression, although we were very close, we also had a stormy relationship because of the depression. And people who are severely depressed are very unhappy, right? And when people are unhappy, they can be difficult to deal with or live with. And so Mariah and I had a close relationship. We loved each other intensely, intensely. But I also struggled with her symptoms of depression. So when she went off of her medication, um, she didn't tell anybody that she was going to do this. And it, it had a horrible result. Uh, three days later, you know, she was dead. Um, she took her own life because it backfired on her. So she was definitely a soulmate. And why can I say that? Because I loved her intensely. You know, we had this intense relationship um, uh, like nobody else, like like nobody else. We were just, <laughs> our souls got each other completely. Um, but it was also a stormy relationship because of the depression. And when she left, it it was like taking my heart out. It was like someone took a knife and cut my heart out. Because soulmates are often challenging. Tron addresses this. And he says, you may be asking, why did I pick people so challenging? When you constructed your life chart, you constructed it with other souls to play a part in each other's lives. You even agreed on the severity of the test or lesson. Wow. So let's look at this statement for a minute. You mean he's saying that we agreed that this would be painful and this painful and this lesson? And in the case of my daughter, Mariah, Metatron seems to be saying that even her death was engineered or contracted between us before she was born. Now, this is heavy stuff. This is heavy stuff. These are questions of what is known as predestination, predetermination. Peers, that that's what Metatron is saying. And this I've already struggled with because why would either of us have agreed to go through something like this? But Sylvia Brown is an American psychic that you might know her name, and I adored. She's no longer in her body. She's died a few years back. But she addressed predestination by saying this, and I thought it was very intelligent, that the reason we agree to extremely difficult and painful life situations, things like suicides and murders and rapes, the worst tragedies and traumas in life, is because when we die, on the other side, we're in a state of absolute bliss, of absolute perfection. And in heaven, there's no pain, there's no fear, there's no horror, there's no memory even of evil. So when we plan our lives with the help of our soulmates on the other side, we forget how horrible it can be. And we can't remember the pain of pain. It's like like childbirth. If if you've ever had a child, you'll understand what I'm going to be, what I'm going to say. After you deliver that child, you say to yourself, that's it. I am never having another child again because it's so painful. Someone asked Carol, the comedian Carol Burnett, someone asked her one time what childbirth feels like. And I loved her response. 
she said, imagine taking your bottom lip and pulling it over the top of your head. That's what childbirth feels like. (laughs) And it's true. So it's so painful. Why would a woman do that to herself over and over? Because you forget. You forget the pain of childbirth after you deliver this beautiful child. And you have them in your arms. And Sylvia Brown said, it's just like that. When you're comfy cozy in heaven, you forget how much this is going to hurt. And so someone please, Claudia, please remind me if I see you there, won't you? The next time I'm there to slow down a little bit Mm. and not take such a heaping helping of traumatic circumstances in my next life. (laughs) And I'll do the same for you. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So sometimes, you know, the things we agree to with our soulmates can be extremely painful circumstances. Um, So I want to just stop there, and I want to bring in some of our callers, and I wonder if they could share a little bit about their questions they have about soulmates or their experiences they've had uh, in relation to what we've been talking about. Okay. I'm going to bring Andres first and then Pat. Andres? Yes. Uh, do you do you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. So, do you hear the question? Uh, can you repeat it, please? Yes, I'm just wondering what your experience is on soulmates or what your thoughts are about it. Uh, yeah, for sure, I have some, have some like comfort or situations where I I feel attracted to this person. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's funny because. Uh, it seems like Metatron doesn't talk about about love, uh, but other kind of attractions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm actually uh, coming out from a relationship where uh, we were both teachers and teach. Mm. So I definitely think uh, it's something I have to to pass through to be where am I right now. And probably in the future, I will realize what else was there for me and for her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, you know, with my family, right? Go ahead. No, no. Uh, it's what you were saying. Like we can find soulmates in our family. So uh, I, I realize I have this kind of attraction or uh, comfort with family members. Mm-hmm. I've never felt it with animals, for example, like uh, I read like when you go to a pet store and, and you and you feel this kind of attraction with the, an animal. Yeah, I, I don't know, like I, I like what I'm hearing. Mm-hmm. Well, you bring up a really good point about uh, your recent <clears throat> your recent breakup. Uh and that is, um, we usually, you know, he talks a lot about lessons in this book and, and in this chapter, in this message. Uh, but we, you're right. We don't usually understand completely what the lesson is that we've learned until much later. It's like, um, it's like uh, driving, you know, and it's like we don't see until we look into the rearview mirror, right? And so, it, it, and it takes us a while to see anything in that mirror when we're looking into the life lesson mirror. You know, we don't always immediately see what's there or that what we learned. Uh, we can guess. We can say, well, I think this person was learning this from me and I was learning this from this person. But it really does take some time. It takes some healing um, for us to not only understand what we've learned, but I also think it takes time for us to appreciate uh, what we've learned, because they're not always easy lessons. They're not always, soulmate lessons are not always easier. They're sometimes painful lessons. So um, what you bring up is really important, that it's going to take time, and it takes perspective uh, before we can understand what it is we're learning. It's almost like to try to understand it in the moment is impossible. Do you feel that way? Yes, it's hard to understand at the moment, 
but I like what I've read and what I'm hearing. Like in in a moment, maybe in in a near future, I will realize for sure what what was happening and why. Right. Right. There are definite, um, according to this book, there are definite signs of a soulmate. You know that passion. Um, uh, when they leave, it hurts. We want them to stay. It's a, it's almost a possessiveness that you can feel towards them. Uh, you know, you can be very possessive of them, and it's because um, you know there's so much in our heart for them, and 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 also the feeling like we've known them before. I mean, I've had that experience. Have you had that experience where you meet someone and you're feeling like, wow, why am I so comfortable? Like immediately with this person. Have you had that experience? Yes, even with this person, uh, which I'm coming out from a relationship, at the beginning it was like crazy how much we, we have in the uh, similarities, you know, like uh, mm. we were like meant to be together, I think. But yeah. at the end, <laughs> we, were, we were only uh, teaching us lessons. Yes, that's really interesting that you picked the word uh, meant that we were meant to be together, we were meant to. And, you know, that is exactly the feeling that we have with soulmates is that there's some sort of destiny. There's some sort of magic going on here. Um, There's some sort of hand involved in this relationship that I can't see. And when you have that feeling of this was meant to be, that's usually a soulmate. That's usually a soulmate because... Interestingly enough, he says, before we got here, before we took a body, on the other side, we did contract to be in each other's lives. And so is it meant to be? Yes, it was meant to be. And that's why we have that feeling. So, all right, well, I'm going to um, continue to share uh, now, but I wonder, is there any question you have that I could answer uh, before I continue here? Uh yeah, probably just the part where we 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 have like uh, different lives. You, you talk about like we we met yeah. before, and and probably we are going to meet again in in the next life, or we are here to work something, and once we work that, we are not meant to meet again. I'm not sure. Yeah. So, what's your question? What's the question there? Uh, just if I mean. The, the meaning of a soulmate is to learn something, right? Or to teach something. Yeah, you but got once it. You have, it right on the head. Once you have teached or learned what you have to, to teach or learn, there is no need to, to meet again, or is a continuous, uh, endless continuous? Good question. Uh, I think that we, are, we will always be soulmates in this life, obviously. Um, until you get to the other side, and if you want to change that contract, you can, and you're no longer soulmates. But as long as you're on the earth and they're on the earth, you know, you've got a soulmate contract. And so if they were to come back into your lives again, in your life again, you would probably have those same feelings, you know. That's what's so tricky about it, is that those feelings don't go away because the person goes away. (laughs) So... You know, they can, like, uh, my ex-wife is a soulmate, or she knows that. Debbie, we stopped hearing you. Is that my brain understands, right? That no, it's over. She's with somebody else, and we're both moved on. But my soul recognizes her immediately. And so that's the tricky part is that you're always going to have that feeling that it was meant to be. But what he's saying is when you have that feeling that it was meant to be, there are times when you have to let go despite that feeling. And that's where the pain comes in because there's something inside of us telling us, no, no, this was meant, this person was meant for you. And so that voice in the back of your head kind of never goes away. So that's that's the challenge here with soulmates. Um, okay, they, I understand. Thank you. Nina, in, in that matter, what are does Metatron talk about some signs that you can find 
on your soulmate that lets you know it's like, no, 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 it's time to get away from that person because it, it's done. So if there's some signs that you can recognize as uh, let go, move on, this is it. Oh, if I, if I could find one of those signs, mm-hmm. I would go buy 100. <laughs> no, no because that's no. the problem, right? The problem is that we keep hoping for things to get better. We keep hoping that if uh, this and that happens, then that love attraction will continue. Yeah. Oh, yes. Uh, I completely understand that. <laughs> and there is <laughs> nothing that he says in the book about that. He said there's no sign that's going to come along and tell us, you know, it's over, let go, you know, there's, there's nothing, there's, there's nothing. And so it's a matter of learning to listen to our souls, learning to listen to that higher wisdom and our intuition and everything that the circumstance is telling us, you know, the Bible says there's a, there's a time for love and there's a time for, for destruction. And, even in soulmate relationships, there's a time for love, but there's also a time for destruction a lot of times. But we don't want that, you know, that, and so we have to learn to listen to that higher wisdom, um, and that's part of the lesson, isn't it? Part of the mm-hmm. lesson. Yeah. So because I'm an avid researcher, I looked into the origins of the soulmate concept because like our last caller said, <clears throat> Metatron doesn't, this is a very short message, okay? He has quite a few things to say about it, but it's a short message. So I started looking into soulmates and what psychology has to say about it. And I found some very interesting things, and I think some things that are very parallel to what Metatron says. So where does this idea come from? Does it, does it have its roots in religion? or mysticism, or philosophy, or literature? Where in history do we see the etiology of the soulmate? And so according to uh, Maris Cole, 73% of Americans believe in soulmates. 73%, that's a big chunk. More men than women believe that they are destined to find their one true match. And really? I was surprised to see how many people, wow. yeah, I was surprised to see how many people believe in this concept. And according to a poll conducted by Science of People magazine, people fall into two categories regarding soulmates. They either believe that one, that has to do with destiny, that I am destined to be with a specific person, one person that is meant for me, or two, they believe in relationship growth, that they believe that relationships, uh, people grow together and there's this gradual progression in which you build trust and love. Okay, there's kind of two camps here. And the survey also found that destiny, people who believe in destiny, tended to have relationships that were passionate, often became disillusioned or frustrated by their soulmate versus the people who believed in growth-oriented relationships tended to work out their disagreements and the relationships were longer lasting. Isn't that interesting? So having said that, I would add something to this survey and that is not all relationships are going to be soulmate relationships. So I would say don't compare the two that this survey compares um, because their conclusion is that growth-oriented relationships are better because they're less trouble and are longer lasting. And that's true. That's true. They are less trouble by a long shot. But it depends upon what you're measuring. If you're measuring which relationship was easiest, um, the non-soulmate relationship will win by a long shot. I have relationships with my clients that are a lot easier than family or partner relationships. Why? 
because they're not intimately involved with my life. And so naturally, the soulmate relationship is going to be more involved, going to be more difficult. But who have I learned the most from? My clients or my intimate experiences? And certainly, just as Metatron says, I've learned the most from my soulmates. And my point is that you cannot compare the two. Okay? So now returning to the etiology or the history of soulmates as a concept, where did this all start? My guess is that this concept had come from the ancient philosophers, the Greeks. And I was correct. The first philosopher to talk about soulmates in Greek mythology was Plato in um, the symposium. By understanding what Greek mythology taught about it, we can learn a lesson about life. So here in a nutshell is a story that Plato first told about soulmates. This is the first time in literature that it appears. And he said that at creation, God, who they called Zeus, created males, females, and androgynous souls. Isn't that interesting? (laughs) Way back, this Greek philosopher said, God created males, females, and androgynous humans. And I find that interesting, that there were not two at creation, but three according to the Greeks. And these androgynous souls were neither male nor female. They had qualities of both. And, you know, when I read that LBGTQ person, I thought, oh, my goodness. I think that that's what, you know, he's describing here. And they decided to rule themselves. They became, he says, uh, they became haughty and rebellious because they were a little smarter okay, than the men, the male and females. And so God took a lightning bolt and cut the androgynous souls into two halves. And these halves went wandering in search of their other half. And, of course, the half-humans are suffering, aren't they? So Apollo, the god of truth and healing and compassion, he can't bear to watch these humans in such pain. And so he recreates a whole body, from these half-bodies and these souls, having learned their lesson, are a little more humble now. (laughs) So that's where the Greek story ends, right there. So why does Metatron say story should end? He gives it a different ending. Metatron's ending says that all humans long to be whole and feel this wholeness when they discover their soulmate. Metatron tells us that, um, and he tells us we're not just going to have one soulmate. We, we may have many in a single lifetime. So is Plato right? Are we whole as we are today? Or is Metatron right in saying that we're not whole until we've met our soulmates who come to teach us powerful lessons? And that's really for you to decide. That's for you to decide. But I thought that was a, was a very interesting way that the story of soulmates uh, started out. Claudia, any thoughts or anything that you'd like to add to this? Yeah, let, let me pass and see what she thinks. Pat from Alabama, what do you think about this? I'm very interesting. Um, but the whole show is very interesting. Um, I would suspect or I would want to be hold um, Generally, I would want to be hold within myself, you know, love myself, um, respect. Um, I would want to be all of that, um, particularly first, to be able to relate uh, or, or to, uh, um, in order to relate in uh, or or have relations, I guess that's what I'm trying to say. So um, that's very interesting. That that is perhaps the difference. You know, that's you know, in Greek, uh, in the and back then, that 
the idea of perhaps having a soulmate um, come in, um, some would think that that would make you whole, but I would love to be whole first. Uh, and mm-hmm. I have myself um, had a soulmate um, or a couple of soulmates, like you said, family, but particularly a soulmate um, with um, someone who I did feel uh, when we first met, you know, very comfortable with him um, initially and uh, he with myself, and we would express that. Um, and it was a team learning experience, I both, I think, on both ends. Um, mm-hmm. I think he, well, I know for sure he taught me how to be vulnerable, you know, mm-hmm. expressing love, because he was very expressive um, from the get-go when it came to his mm-hmm. love for me. And... Um, I think um, I have, because it's been five years later, I'm hoping I taught him that fidelity is very important in the relationship because that was our struggle. um, We dealt with infidelity on his end. And um, as much as I deeply loved him, it seems like it was a problem because he expressed his love for me. I felt his love for me, but he could not be loyal, and I couldn't understand that. And so I had to walk away from the relationship because at some point um, it, it it hurt, you know, just, just to, to know that he had a problem with it, and it hurt the relationship. So I did walk away, and as of today, uh, this man still, he reaches out to me. It's um, almost like a, um, it was like an obsession. Um, I almost had to get um, the law involved. Um, you know, it just, mm-hmm. it just, it was just so painful uh, for he mm-hmm. and I. And, and even the steps I had to take after walking away uh, to get him to, leave me alone were painful, the things that I had to do to him um, to make him understand Mm -hmm. that, no, this could never be. He even wanted to just be friends, and I thought, no, we can't be friends. I mean, we were right at six months before we were set to Mm -hmm. get married, and and I ended it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so um, I am learning uh, that – you you must love yourself enough to walk away, even if it's devastating. Mm. Because if you have that love for yourself, then you absolutely can have that love for someone else. Um, mm. And so Metatron is so beautiful um, in his teaching and his words of um even when we accept these contracts on the other side, that we honor ourselves by knowing that even Mm -hmm. if it starts off as ours, even if this is our soulmate, and all Mm -hmm. of these, um, and, and, and the connection and the relation is beautiful to begin with. Mm-hmm. If there is a so-called end due to whichever partner, um, um, whichever partner begins to um, do things that will sabotage the relationship, it's in that mm-hmm. in the knowing the person, the person um, in that knowing in that time, know when it's time to let go because again it can't be forced and we understand when you do force it when you do force that type of connection it leads to more devastation it leads and and not only just the partners the people involved if there are children or even family members on both sides it is 
across the board affecting everyone that's involved. When you don't understand, it's time to let go. When you continue to force um, connect a connection that has um, has has timed out. I guess I'm looking for a word that you know. The le- the lesson has been learned, and that and now it's time to end. Um, when you do not end it, it it it, it <laughs> you know it it does something to the the person, the soul, and again, it affects everyone, affects <laughs> everyone. Um, so I'm learning. Um, I'm I'm very proud of myself that I was able to let go, um, mm. even though it was hard. It was very hard for me. I mean. I literally cried um, for days, and it, and it took me a couple of years, two or three years, you know, not to um, to not to 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 well to get myself to to nurse myself back together. It just felt like um, mm-hmm. I used this I used this um, um, metaphor. I used this metaphor when I explained to people about this relationship that I ended. I told him, you know, I mean, um, if they asked me, you know, how, you know, how did you get through that or what did it feel like? What did that feel like ending that relationship? And I would tell them all the time, look, I would rather get shot in the foot <laughs> than <laughs> to have a heartbreak. I said it was devastating. My heart literally it just seemed like it was in my hand in pieces. And what I had to do is I had to day after day after day nurse myself back to a good health, a, a good health. Um, it, it seemed like I had to stitch, you know, some days. Um, I had to take galls and pat other days. You know, it was like a wound that I had to nurse back to, but it was my heart. It was broken in pieces, and I couldn't understand why. Why would this person do this to me? As, as if I, I don't know him based on mm-hmm. what how we started out in that relationship and how much love we had for each other, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, But now I'm in a better place, and I thank him for those lessons you know, that he taught me. And I hope he thanked me for the lessons that I taught him. And now I'm able to move on to meet that person who I know that I will meet, that partner in life. And I'll take those lessons that I learned from that past relationship on to have a better connection. And he will be a better connection for me. And it will be because I didn't stay there and try to force it, even when I wanted to. I had that Mm -hmm. power to understand that you can let go. It's okay to let go. You will heal. You will heal. This will make you stronger. He will heal. And Mm -hmm. this will be you guys ultimately showing each other love by letting go. Thank you, Pat. Wow. What do you think about that, Debbie? Well, I just want to applaud her (laughs) because not only was that a beautiful way of explaining it, I couldn't have explained it any better, um, uh, about how turbulent a soulmate relationship can be and then secondly, um, you know, it sounds like you really had a lesson in how to love yourself enough to walk away and um, not not to force a soulmate relationship um, and that that in the end is love, that in the end that is the highest good that you can do for yourself and the other person and, and as you said, the people around you that are involved. It's the highest good sometimes to let go. It's also the most painful. Thank you for sharing that. That was very profound, what you shared. Um, now that we've talked about the bright side of soulmates, let's mention the dark side 
because the dark side um, to all of this, uh, there is a dark side to all of this, you know. Um, and here's what Metatron says about it, about the dark side. He said, quote, soulmate relationships are often difficult, turbulent, and intense. When they walk away or die, you are left holding the lesson they delivered many times. They are transient relationships. You will be done done with them when one of you moves on, whether through a relational breakup, divorce, or death. So let's break that down because first he makes a statement that soulmate relationships are often difficult, turbulent, and intense. He's telling us that soulmates aren't always a cakewalk, isn't he? And I think about my relationship with my daughter who passed, and she either, um, you know, she either loved me passionately or she couldn't stand me. (laughs) Of (laughs) course, she was a teenager, and they tend to love or hate you. But the point is, our relationship was intense. And my ex-wife and I had an intense, stormy relationship. And they were both very much my soulmates. Why? Because we taught one another the most important lessons. Painful? Heck yeah. Most painful lessons of my life. But important that my soul should learn from these lessons. Absolutely. And the next point Metatron makes is that soulmates are often transient relationships. They will die or move on. You have a breakup or a divorce, and you're left with the lesson that they deliver. And please, for God's sake, if you've been given a lesson, don't run from it. Learn from it. If you don't, what happens? What happens, Claudia, when we refuse to learn a life lesson? We refuse to look at ourselves. We refuse to make the necessary changes. What do you think happens in that case? Yeah, the universe, the universe makes sure here comes again and here comes again until you get it. (laughs) That's right. It comes around and in another form. That lesson will come around in another form, in another circumstance involving a different person. But if it's a lesson meant for you, my friend, take it from me, is not going anywhere. It will find you. It knows where you live. So stop thinking that you can outrun or outsmart your destiny. It's coming for you. Like Robocop said, I'll be back. The soulmates aren't always easy, breezy relationships. And the hard, painful relationships can also be soulmates, and they will stay long enough for you uh, to give you the lesson and then move on. And soulmates don't always stay, though you wish they would or thought they would or they said they would. When contract with them is over, Metatron says don't try and hold them, release them. He says you don't have the right. That's what he said. He said you don't have the right. You don't have the right to keep them one minute longer than they said that they would be there. Why? Because they have a a life chart or a life blueprint that may include other people and not you. Now, that's hard to accept, right? But in the case of a marriage where you, in front of God and everybody, have convinced to be lifelong partners or in a partnership. Hard to accept. Will you grieve when you lose that? But try to remember that they do have a destiny that is separate from yours. I think that especially in marriages and long-term partnerships, it's like we get so bonded that it's like glue. And you can both promise, tell death do us part. You can both believe it will be that it's true love. But if destiny is moving them on or moving you on, after all that you've gone through with them, keep the lesson, but let them go. And then work on healing that wound. So there is both a light, and let me rewind and make it clear, then I'm not saying that you shouldn't be faithful in your marriage or your partnership. That's not what I'm saying. 
But I'm saying when it's evident that the person wants out and is asking to go, then what Metatron is saying is please try to remember at that junction that this person is not you. This person is a soul apart from you, that they have a distinct, different destiny than you do. Sometimes when we start out on this journey, we think we're going to go all the way, right, to the end with the person. And that's our intention, and that may be their intention. But somewhere along the line, things change, and one partner or another needs out. He says, learn to let go, and then you guys work on healing that wound. So that really is the dark side of soulmates. Okay. Any other callers at this point, Claudia, that we have that might want to ask a question or share with us? Uh, we have a chat user, and this person says, uh, if you could ask Metatron if there is a presence of a soulmate for her life, and how would she recognize that? Okay, say that again. I, I kind of cut out. I didn't get about half of it. So the question is, is there a presence in my past for my soul mate? And how mm-hmm. will I identify that? Or that? Okay, is she, asking, is she asking how do I identify a soulmate before they come into my life kind of thing? And Yes, and also confirmation that there is a soulmate for her. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't. Metatron does not talk about whether everybody has soulmates. However, I mean, I'm, this is just my guess, okay? But my <laughs> guess is that there is a certain amount of soulmates for everybody because uh, we know that uh, family members can be soulmates. We know that pets can be soulmates. Uh, we know, <laughs> you know, people other than lovers, other than partners can be soulmates. Friends can be soulmates to us. So um, I would think that, yes, most people in life have soulmates. Now, whether or not they're going to be your partner or your lover is, a, is another question. He does not answer that question. But he says that most people are going to have more than one soulmate in a lifetime. And he says many, many. He says many soulmates in a lifetime is what's normal. So I think we tend to think about soulmates as just being a lover or a partner or someone, a spouse. But they can be your children, they can be family members, they can be friends, they can be pets, they can be teachers. Uh huh. So um, I think, yes, we have many soulmates. And I think that the qualities that we talked about this hour, about a passionate relationship, about not wanting to let them go, not wanting to be separated from them, it being painful when, when we are, um, about feeling comfortable with them immediately, feeling like we belong together, that there's um, destinies involved. Um, Those feelings, we're talking about feelings, are typically what comes up around soulmates. So, yeah. Okay, so we're at the end of our hour. This just absolutely flew by, and I've had so much fun looking at this with you. Um, We're going to invite you back, though, for our next study group on Friday, May 19th at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time when we're going to be studying death and life on the other side. Death and life on the other side. So please join us then right here on Seaview. And if you'd like to get a copy of Messages from Metatron or any of my other angel books, you can find them on Amazon.com. Just search for me, Nina Bingham. And you can also visit my blog uh, at ninabingham.blogspot.com. Thank you to my lovely and talented co-host, Claudia Pareco. She's so talented and a beautiful soul. And um, thank you, Claudia, as always. And we'll see you guys next time. And thank you as well. I do consider you my soulmate, so... That attraction, that uh, that moment that you know that you're going to be working with somebody. So thank you also for that, baby Nina. And thank you, everybody. Have a wonderful weekend. Remember, see you 
is every Friday, and we love Debbie. Mina, bye bye. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now you wanna get mixed up in the family business? Introducing the Godfather at ChapaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChapaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.